Welcome to the Keeney Interviews. Through this series, you will meet leading practitioners from the water sector and hear their stories. Together, we will address water challenges and discuss how best to face them. Keeney is the Malaysian word for current, and this initiative promotes the flow of ideas within the water sector. Hello and welcome to today's interview with Basha Janchalski, Alliance for Water Stewardships, country representative for Indonesia, where she talks about some current and upcoming projects in the region. Bringing together technical expertise on water management, management experience, acquisition skills, and commitment to work towards achieving impact in society and the environment, Basha is an experienced consultant with a drive to make it happen. She holds a Master of Science in Physical Geography and has over 14 years experience in the field of urban and rural water management, soil and water conservation, climate change adaptation, rainwater harvesting and landscape planning. As a consultant, trainer and program manager in Europe, Africa and Asia, Basha has vast experience in providing technical advice and managing smaller to multi-million programs for multiple clients, ranging from companies to government, donors and NGOs. She is committed to work with organisations who contribute to building a more environmentally sustainable world. My name is Raymond Lam and I hope you enjoy this interview with Basha Jantowski. All right, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Australian water stewardship in, in Indonesia around some current and upcoming projects in that region. I'm hoping we could start with a bit of an introduction where you could talk a bit about yourself and give our listeners an overview about the Australian water stewardship, its services, mission and vision. Yes, uh, thank you so much and thank you for this opportunity to do uh, the interview. So, uh, my name is Basha. And uh, uh, just to start off, um, I'm Dutch. Uh, that already explains why I'm so much involved in, in water, because as you know, the Dutch have been dealing in water management for many, many years, and uh, uh, it's no different for me. Mm -hmm. I've worked now already for 15 years in water management. I first started at a government organization as hydrologist in the Netherlands at a water board and uh, after that joined an environmental consultancy um, where I've worked in many different uh, countries. Uh, I've been working in Ethiopia on decentralized water supplies in very extreme water source areas. I've worked in Nepal on the implementation of rainwater harvesting in um, mountainous areas as well as the integration on microcredit for WASH. I've been working in Uganda uh, implementing a catchment approach in WASH, as mm. well as developing an inclusive water governance program in the Limpopo Basin, a large river in Mozambique, right. uh, but also been involved in projects in West Africa, supporting in uh, Mali, Burkina Faso, Senegal, as well in Kenya. But now uh, I am based in Indonesia since two years mm -hmm. and I've joined the Alliance for Water Stewardship Asia Pacific since October last year. Um, I'm really excited actually so far to be working for the Alliance for Water Stewardship. Um, as you already know, it's an international standard holding organization. 
kind of platform who's uh, managing uh, water stewardship, implementation, promotion and capacity building all around the world. Mm -hmm. Here in the region we are managed through Water Stewardship Australia, which are my colleagues in Australia. I'm very happy to work with them. <laughs> and uh, for me in Indonesia, since five months, uh, I'm working very hard to develop a new program here building upon mainly the successes also of my colleagues working in China. Mm. And uh, what I've seen so far is that it's perceived very positive. Um, people really do like it because it really provides a clear framework for action on water stewardship. And most of all, it really works on private sector engagement in the topic of water. We have developed the International Alliance for Water Stewardship Standards. Okay. So we do accreditation and uh, training of others, say for example, uh, certification bodies, uh, but also consultancies or companies who, who want to work with the standard and on certification. Wow. Uh, then also we have the service of uh, providing a platform for members and partners. Mm -hmm. Members can, for example, be companies uh, who want to who commit themselves to work on water stewardship and want to work towards certification of their sites. Right. And then, of course, uh, partners can be, I'm now sitting here actually at WWF Indonesia, who is an uh, initial founding partner also of us as well, and uh, work with them through their larger programs in, in companies. Mm. Um, so that is some of the part of the work that, that we do. Okay. Um, yeah, and we, we work actually at multiple levels. So internationally, we are the Alliance for Water Stewardship. Regionally, here in the region, we are talking about the Alliance for Water Stewardship Asia-Pacific. Right. And within that, I'm the Alliance for Water Stewardship Indonesia. What are the current opportunities in, in, in Indonesia right now for AWS? Yeah, well, actually, um, there are huge opportunities. First of all, and sometimes I still see that I need to explain this, <laughs> Indonesia is a very large country. It consists of many, many islands. It's huge in, in land size and it's surrounded everywhere uh, by water because it's all islands. So if we talk about the opportunities, it's a large, vast country. There are over 260 million people here. And although through its up and down, it's a very booming economy. Um, there are many multinationals uh, who are working here and the Indonesian private sector is vast. Uh, not only to provide products and services to serve those 260 million people, but also uh, exporting in the region. So yes, from a business perspective, uh, it's one of the key economies in the regions. Mm. Now, but if we look on the opportunities for water stewardship, um, yeah, of course you need to focus. Um, and uh, in the beginning, because like I said, I now work here for five months, right. it's difficult to know exactly which opportunity will evolve and become a project. Mm -hmm. But for now, um, what we've said, based also on the network that the Alliance for Water Stewardship has internationally through its member companies, mm -hmm. um, and also the network that I bring in here on the ground, we intend to focus in Indonesia on agribusiness companies, on food and beverages and on textile. Right. 
And where I see the opportunities as well is, um, for example, uh, the Australian Embassy through DFAT uh, already has long ongoing programs here in Indonesia. Okay. They have programs on WASH, they have a huge program with uh, the government of Indonesia on the implementation of water infrastructure. And there are clear opportunities to use elements of the Alliance for the Stewardship Standard uh, to increase sustainabilities in these different programs. I've already started discussing this with them and I'm very keen to collaborate. Next to mm. that, um, the embassy here has large programs, for example, also on cattle. Okay. And um, we already in Australia had connections uh, in the cattle industry and we really hope that in Indonesia uh, we can work in that industry on water stewardship as well. Right. But like I said, I'm now here at WWF and um, yeah, there's so many NGO programs. WWF Indonesia is a very large office for WWF and we just talked about some very interesting work that they are doing. Okay. They have just integrated fresh water into their programs, which provides an opportunity for our organization to work with them. Mm. Um, they are working on a very large uh, watershed in Sumatra, okay. uh, where the PWC did an assessment for them. Uh, to see what are the main issues in that area. There are a lot of palm oil companies there, pulp and paper companies and uh, smallholder farmers who are more and more requiring land for production and therefore deforesting very crucial forest areas that not only have an importance to hold water resources but of course also a biodiversity purpose. Mm -hmm. So, um, we were just discussing how we could maybe use the Alliance for the Stewardship Standard to work with palm oil and pulp and paper companies active in that area mm -hmm. to also bring more attention to, to water. Mm -hmm. Now, that's also one example. Another one is um, that's important to me being Dutch. I like to create bridges <laughs> between the Dutch and the Australians. <laughs> We have, an, uh, we have a letter of intent together on, on water management and it was signed in the uh, end of 2016 and I've now been talking to the Australian Embassy here, I've been talking to DFAT in Canberra and I've also been talking to the Dutch Embassy and the Dutch Strategic Water Advisor okay. and how we could maybe join our forces as part of this letter of intent on water management and I know that uh, uh, AWP hmm. also uh, is talking with the Dutch on where to focus on and with um, hmm. has a uh, new recently signed MOU with Indonesian government so yes. yeah. I'm trying to find my way here of how can we how can we link all these different government initiatives together hmm. to ensure that we most efficiently and effectively work on water and water management and I would be very interested to join the initiatives that are already uh, there. Now, to come to a very practical project, um, uh, since November last year I've been talking to a large agribusiness company, mm -hmm. uh, Olam. Olam yeah. um, they're in Singapore but they work globally. And in Indonesia, they are one of the key players in coffee and sugarcane, amongst others. Okay. Um, I've went to them to a project area in Sumatra um, 
which was part of a natural capital project for them. And they assessed uh, issues in natural capital, meaning uh, ground and uh, soil and water mainly, related to coffee farming, as the volume and the quality of their coffee supply coming from these coffee farmers was very much affected, mm-hmm. affected due to degrading soil and water conditions. Now, they are very keen, as they are already a member of the Alliance for Water Stewardship, to work with us here in Indonesia, as we very did a very successful project already with them in Tanzania, okay. uh, as well in, in coffee, actually, for a plantation that they have. And they now want to export um, the work that they did there mm. here to Indonesia. Okay. Uh, we are very keen uh, to work with them and we really hope that we can help them promote themselves as leaders in Indonesia and water stewardship and therefore engage more other agribusiness actors to do the same thing. It's all still in the um, engagement phase, as you can hear. I'm still exploring, I'm yeah. talking to many organizations. Mm. That's most of my work, talking. <laughs> And and and, uh, uh, and, uh, and from your conversations with these organizations, do you think uh, there is an increased uh, interest in terms of water stewardship? Uh, yes, yeah? uh, hmm. I should say yes first, and then I say you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why I'm saying that is, um, yes, I've been talking uh, to uh, companies, uh, but also government and NGOs and others, and there are lo- quite a lot of them who who typically in Indonesia really see the urgency on water. Uh, Indonesia is always perceived as a very rich country, as producers of the tropical rainforest. So yeah, why should there be an issue with water? Well, actually, there's a deforestation leading to depletion of water resources. Mm. Um, you have, for example, here where I'm sitting now in Jakarta, land subsidence due to urban development and therefore flooding. Right. Uh, you have a lot of pollution, for example, in Chicharum, which is the most polluted river in the world from the textile industry, a lot of pollution going in there. So right. a lot of issues in there for a lot of government companies, NGOs recognize, yes, water is a hot topic and we should work on this. And wow, indeed, the framework that you provide uh, from out of the Alliance for the Sewage would be a very good and practical tool to work on that. Why I'm said I'm um, no is a lot of companies uh, are already focusing on on different issues, risks that they're facing. So mm. um, in Indonesia, there's of course a lot about for deforestation, uh, peatland conversion, and these are already priority topics for a company to tackle and to work on. So if you bring in the topic of water. What I encounter, and I don't know if that is all the case overall, but what I encounter is that they often perceive it mm-hmm. as a new topic or an additional topic. And I still have to do a lot of um, awareness building okay. that actually if they already work on tackling deforestation, you're saving forests, forests hold water, so you work on water. But the challenge is indeed to show them where the linkages with the issue that they are working on are with water hmm. and then start to build from there. So working in the region, I'm sure you have learned quite a lot over the past few years. Um, what are the, some of the key challenges that you have encountered and how were they resolved? 
I, I wouldn't say that it's a lot, a lot different from working anywhere else in the world. And the reason why I'm saying this, mm -hmm. because I would like also others to really think about about this. Um, for me, so far, not only for the alliance, but also in the work that I did internationally before it. Actually, it requires an open attitude coming from yourself, first of all. Okay. Um, so you should always, if you work in another country, is it in a developing country or a developed country, you should have a very open attitude. Mm, open mind. And yeah. be able to listen to mm. others. Yes. I also already had to do that working in the Netherlands. I mean, I already <laughs> had different colleagues in different higher or lower positions. Or, yeah, and you already had to deal with gender issues or not or what whatever so you have to be very open and listening and I think most of all what I still encounter and probably I'm guilty of that myself <laughs> don't think that you come with these solutions and other don't haven't thought about that yet right right okay it's not something new to work on water it's it we mm. have been working on it since uh, ages <laughs> always <laughs> always and yeah. Um, yeah and a lot of people are already doing things so it's important, I think, that uh, you tap into the knowledge and the capacity um, that is already in the country. First, get a very good understanding of the local context mm. and um, of different power plays often that are there. Mm. And uh, then see what your specific niche can be. So you even find that actually you don't have a lot to add. Oh, but, really? but maybe you can still, you know, you're an extra set of brains and hands and you can still work on something. So important challenges or what to overcome, I think language, one of all, um, mm -hmm. my meeting. Um, so I just talked about uh, the, the language. It's very important to, to speak your language. And um, I, I've been here now in Indonesia for two years. I went to a Bahasa course only for two weeks. Wow. And so far, uh, learning has been through doing, but I should really improve uh, the understanding of Bahasa Indonesia. Um, I think another issue is that you have to keep um, listening to other people and, and be respectful, mm -hmm. as you would be in any other. Yep. Um, also, a challenge here sometimes can be maybe the, the working culture. Um, for yep. example, communication. To give you an example, in Indonesia, a lot of it goes via WhatsApp. Wow. And I remember working in the Netherlands or in any other countries before, probably that has changed already, uh, that was seen as, as too personal communication or not professional. Well, actually here, if I talk to a president director, right. I'm planning my meeting through WhatsApp and not via email. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. And it's something, uh, <clears throat> yeah. It's very practical, actually. I, I like it. it. It works a lot faster than email. Ah. And the other thing in Indonesia, it uh, it never stops. So you can expect a, already a WhatsApp with a proposal in it or anything at six in the morning. And yeah, don't be, uh, don't look strange if something at ten o'clock in the night still uh, arrives. Wow. So um, yeah, you have to find your way and also not be too rigid about maybe working hours that we're used to in uh, you in Australia in the or me in country. the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you should be patient, but I also think you should be persistent. Um, yeah, if you have something you already see, you can add something. Just keep going. It will not come overnight. Mm. If you would work on something coming from your own country, you can also not make it happen in a day, a month, or a year. You, you need a longer longer term and focus on that. Um, 
it's of course never going from A to B. You're a stranger in a country. You have to find your way. So you have to probably take a lot of turns before you get there. Right. And um, uh, yeah, it's even yeah. The main challenge is, is like I said, magic cannot happen overnight. It's also <laughs> my own personal challenge now here. I've been working here for five months, and I can tell you a lot more about opportunities or interesting organizations I've talked to. But, and I'm really amazed with the network build up. Uh-huh. But the thing is that um, even if I now have a network and I have created some trust to really get an opening, for example, with a company and start working together, that takes more time. I'm also speaking out of experience working in my previous job. And um, yeah, so we need more time to to build on that. And I'm very happy so far that it has been made possible through also the trust and support from the Australia Water Partnership to make this happen in Indonesia. Mm. So let's hope we can continue in in Indonesia as well. Another challenge I think is, um, is always funding. I know it's kind of a lame topic to to bring in, but it's still, it is a crucial element, not only to, like I said, for example, ensure that I have more time to to do this work and get companies engaged, get the embassy involved or any other opportunities, Um, but it's also funding for for companies is always a tricky thing um, to convince them to really invest in good water management and good water governance. Mm. um, They also still often need a lot of convincing. Why should we make this big investment? But for me, it's not a topic of of money. There's a lot lot of money around. And while talking this morning to WWF, they also came with new funds that I wasn't even aware of, or oh. an initiative um, of 11 main, yeah, the larger banks here in Indonesia, the one large umbrella organization who have now also embraced a sustainability strategy and come towards more impact investing. These are all great initiatives that we see from investors and other financial institutes. It's just a matter of bringing our content matter, uh, transforming that into a business case, selling that to the companies as they would need to see the interest and then going together, stepping up to that investment together. But Mm. that's also something uh, that can be quite of a challenge as we all have our different expertise and we should recognize our strengths and weaknesses in that. And maybe link with others who already have a good relation with a certain bank or a certain investor or a certain donor to come to that point. Relationship building that um, requires time. What I think what is working in these challenges for me is that the alliance can take in, have has entry points at different levels. So, for example, with Olam, where we've now come to a real potential project, that came through internationally uh, the alliance for, for water stewardship and the membership of OLAM and then practically Tanzania. So I really I made use of the international connections that were already there. Mm. And um, another thing is that Water Stewardship Australia has now already worked a lot, of course, with companies in Australia. And now, of course, the, uh, my colleague in China uh, is having a lot of entries there. So they are also helping me in getting entries with the companies that they have already worked in. Oh, okay. Hmm. 
And I think that's by combining that international network, that network in Australia and in the region, it already gives you, it opens a lot of doors for me that I can use. Women in water. <laughs> How do you yes. see this progressing in this area of expertise and what are your thoughts about it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's always an interesting one. If, uh, <laughs> because we don't topic. have to yeah. think about women in water, you know. <laughs> it's important. And then I think, why is it not already integrated in the previous questions? I could have talked about that as well, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one of the issues is it's still seen as a, as a separate topic and it should be an integral part of our work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think to me that was one uh, of the key issues. Okay. Um, then women in water, yeah, well, I am a woman, uh, and since I started working, I worked in water. Mm. And um, initially, in, when I worked at the government, I worked with a lot of consultancies. Most of them are, are, are men. Right. And, um, yeah, at that time, I didn't face so many challenges as long as I stood my ground, knew what I could bring to the table, mm. and really strongly defended that. Okay. Um, but as you grow older and you move a little bit more up the ladder, of course, you, you see more and you experience more. Already a lot of women are moving up the ladder more and more, but I still mm. see that in a lot of companies, uh, consultancies, etc., uh, the persons on the top are still often men. And mm. there's mm. not yet an equal division between men and women uh, mm. who are the decision makers. Okay. Uh, and so I think we still have quite a long uh, road to go <coughs> on that part. Right. The other thing is what I experience more uh, on the ground in projects. Um, I can give the example, for example, in, uh, in Nepal, mm -hmm. uh, where we worked on rainwater harvesting systems in very rural areas in mountains. Okay. Um, when we were doing the baseline assessments and with local NGOs talking to the communities there, you uh, initially often talk to leaders of communities and still those leaders are mainly men. Yeah, right, right. And um, it's very difficult to, um, when you come with a new project, to change that context because these are chosen leaders, this is how the community works already for many, many years. And if you come in with a new project, you cannot all of a sudden say, well, now it has to be 50% women and 50% men. That's, yeah, that's something you have to build <laughs> on. It's good that you strive towards that and it's good that you work on that and you mm. should give it attention. But you cannot expect that community in Nepal, in that mountain, in that small village, to all of a sudden change uh, how they are organized. You mm. can start by opening up eyes. <coughs> Okay. The other thing in Nepal also experienced is I went to another village <laughs> and there actually the men were lacking. It was completely managed only by women. Oh wow, really? Already huh. since centuries, women were really the leaders of the community. So it was a whole different setup. Wow. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that that is the best because where are the voices of the men? <laughs> <laughs> you need the balance, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing was, what we did experience is that a lot of things were better managed. And then you could say it was maybe better managed because of women. Because women also still, in, especially in rural areas, responsible for the household, household responsible yeah. for children, responsible for elderly. And yeah. having that role, they know very well um, how to manage a village. Oh, so, 
it was for me a good example to see, well, if, and compared to the other villages, if we would bring in more women leaders, mm -hmm. it would definitely start having a bigger impact on society as a, as a whole. Right. But another thing of my own thoughts is um, uh, we also should not forget that besides talking about women, um, we should also talk about indeed our different ethnical uh, backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, etc. And um, yes, I'm a white woman. You cannot hear that maybe from my voice, but maybe you do. <laughs> uh, but there are also black women out there, there are Asian women, etc. So, and a lot of the time I'm still very privileged as a woman, as a white woman. Right. Uh, while other women have to struggle a lot more to I get see. in the position that I am, to now be able financially work here in Indonesia and add value. So I think if we talk about women and water, we should also talk about um, those inequalities as well and how we tackle these. And that's still a long road ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> what are the future plans for the Alliance for Water Stewardship moving forward in Indonesia? Uh, first of all, of course, we're going to be a big success. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> no, I see a good future uh, ahead. Uh, the issues are enormous and they're growing. Um, WWF just emphasized that again in all the, the work that they are encountering on from Lombok to Sumatra to here on Java. But indeed, the future for Indonesia, for AWS, it all starts with just a few companies and a few government stakeholders that are ready to start working with us to have some good demonstration projects on the ground that can then convince others to also join uh, this movement towards good water stewardship. Okay. I really want to, um, I really hope that the project, the ideas that we're now having with Olam, yeah. um, that they will evolve into a practical project on the ground. I really hope that the projects that WWF is already working on in Indonesia, that we can properly integrate in water stewardship and showcase them as well. I really hope also that um, <clears throat> the relations that I've started building up uh, with the Indonesian government, that we will work towards a national level standard for the Alliance for Water Stewardship to reach out to all those companies who cannot reach that international level, mm -hmm. but could work on good water stewardship if there would be, um, say, a lighter version, so that we would call AWS readiness, and also to have that integrated more within government regulations and policies. Right. And I really hope that, say, now, in, in two years' time, we can look back and say, yes, we did a project with agribusiness and these were the successes and this is what we learned and now we're doing this and these other areas and that we had a good project with a food and beverages player as well as a textile player and we can see already a movement happening in Indonesia. It's probably, well, it's a, it's a grand plan, but it's also, um, yeah, how, how you should start. Um, maybe uh, we should have this conversation again in, say, a year. Yeah, and then you can share uh, your updates. To check where I stand, you know? and for me also to critically review what I told you yeah. uh, then and, and where I am now. <laughs> to our young water professionals listening to this interview, any words Last of advice? Words. Yeah. 
any advice. Mm. Yeah. Well, last words. Um, I, I really hope that uh, AWP uh, can continue and, and further build upon its programs and can help me to get a better network also with all of your partners. Um, I really invite uh, everyone who is a partner to um, connect with me. Okay. If you're working here in Indonesia or if you have an interest to, to work with me, I'm oh. always very open to explore any opportunities. Or, or if you have any questions to me, I'm always happy to respond to them. And uh, uh, most of all, yeah, we're, we're of course still kind of neighbors. <laughs> We, yes, Australia cool. and Indonesia yeah. have a very long uh, history together and uh, yeah, if you are not yet working in Indonesia, really try to, to get to know the country because it's a very exciting uh, place to work in. Alright, Basha, thank you so much for your time today. Kini is an initiative of the Australian Water Partnership and the International Water Centre Alumni Network. Kini connects water managers and shares knowledge throughout the Asia-Pacific. Visit our website at kini.org.au for more information and for videos, articles, news and more.